Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast. Today, once again, I am your host. Uh, I'm Mikey Campos. I am the proud owner of the Spinning Llamas. Uh, filling in today, actually, as the host and reversing roles here once, uh, with actually uh, Kite here being a guest uh, for once in our in our podcast. Uh, before I introduce our guest for today, uh, I'm just going to briefly go through the only two matchups that actually mattered going now into next week. So we had two juggernauts that we were keen to look at uh, throughout the whole playoffs that powerhoused their way into the finals for this week, though there was a closer match than we expected for one of them. We had Taras's Ain't All Beer and Kittles defeating Tony's team to a monster score of 141 to 128. And then we had our host, Daniel Kite, VP Kamara Harris, knocking down the the defeated torn ACL Dogwater, second worst drafted team, 147 to 111. And then to bring our two guests in today are the two winners going into the final championship battle this week coming up. We do have the proud manager of Anal Beer and Kittles, Taras, on the line, as well as Daniel Kite, VP Kamara Harris. Welcome, boys. Glad to be back. It, it feels good to kind of be on the other end here and, and not have to go through a bunch of preparation. So I'm, I'm glad to be just a guest today. It's exciting. Yeah, it should. It, it just gets to lay back, get to spit talk whatever you want, especially now that you're in the driver's seat in the finals. Uh, it must be nice to take the passenger seat this time. Uh, so, yeah, so essentially today, you know, keeping it nice and short and sweet and simple, uh, we'll go through each of the matchups that we had here. Let's start with you, Kite. Uh, massive outputting, 147 points, like the absolute, like most in the week by far, well, outside of Taras. But uh, you, how did you feel with your matchup this week? It, it kind of seemed pretty close there until, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, Robinson there got the torn ACL and looked kind of uh, bleak there for, for Paul as we clearly, he clearly vocalized that in the group chat when that happened. Uh, so yeah, just run through your weekend and how you felt with the matchup. Yeah, come, uh, come Thursday and Saturday, I was cautiously optimistic because, uh, you know, seeing seeing Jonathan Taylor not score a touchdown was certainly nice. And, I mean, Debo definitely showed out. And, you know, but, I mean, a 30, 35 combined points between those two guys is kind of an average week. So I was, I was feeling okay that they didn't explode and, and go off. And then, you know, even less so, like, definitely the James Robinson injury. You know, I, I never want to be one that celebrates an injury. And, and I, I did my best to not be gloating, I think, to Paul during that time. Uh, but there was something uh, a little special to me to see that Stefan Diggs outscored Jamar Chase and James Robinson combined this week. Uh, it felt like there was just a, a little button on a trade that, uh, you know, made back in week three or week four and, and didn't feel great about, but uh, came out and ended up working in my favor this week, playing the long game. And then, yeah, just I, I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast, all the things that I thought needed to happen uh, for this uh, matchup to go well, basically happened. You know, the Bills figured out the Pats' defense, and Josh Allen and Diggs had big games. Uh, we had a big David Montgomery game. I was anticipating that. And then when I saw that uh, Damian Harris was going to be really the lone back in that New England backfield after uh, Stevenson was out with the COVID, 
uh, he was a last-minute add-in there, and uh, God, he just he did exactly what I hoped he would. Uh, so honestly, I, I, I this was the best-case scenario for me. It was not a scenario that I thought was likely, uh, but it just uh, it all kind of came to fruition, and I feel uh, really, really good about it. So I'm very happy. Yeah, I, I think the the scariest part about this matchup is the potential of what if if Robinson didn't go down if you know j- like Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown in literally the last 11 games and like he he doesn't score one this week and yet like with the Taylor essentially not scoring a touchdown Robinson going down so early uh giving him a dud he still put up 111 points which is actually very like surprising that kudos for Paul for even still putting that much up um, it, I, I think it definitely would have been a lot of a tighter, even with all the good performances on your side of the of the matchup. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see how that would have been if if it played out differently for his running backs this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one might argue that Jonathan Taylor not scoring a touchdown this week might simply just you know be regression after going fucking supernova over the past 12 weeks. Uh, but, but again, was, was it, it, if you have to put money on Taylor scoring a touchdown or not, you usually put it on him scoring one. So that felt good. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, everything that basically happened for, for I was happy to see that uh, Peyton Barber uh, stole a touchdown from Josh Jacobs in that game. That was like one of the few touchdowns that were scored there. I got a bit of joy out of that. Uh, and I mean, I wasn't surprised to see the Cowboys absolutely go off against the, the WFT as well. I, I knew that was going to be a high scoring game and was just kind of glad that KC was able to make some stuff happen against the Steelers so that it wasn't a complete blowout, uh, on the defensive end. That was a, that was a bit of a risk too, but I, I kind of felt pretty confident in that. So yeah, I mean, it was a, a weakened squad, you know, obviously he's not even starting Lamar Jackson this week or last week rather. So, I mean, that was a, a big detriment uh, to his team. Uh, but altogether, you know, I uh, again, I, I can't be I can't complain. He put up a strong week. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. I've been really full of joy. Uh, I, I mean, more schadenfreude than joy uh, just to see Paul agonize over this loss. Uh, it, it feels honestly a little bit sweeter knowing that he wanted it so bad. And then knowing that I took it from him, like it just feels really, really good. Um, I, so I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I was able to uh, really just uh, ruin ruin his fantasy year. It felt it felt vindication. Like you know, I felt like only one of us could survive, and I'm I'm frankly just really glad it was me. I I think the I don't even know if this was in Paul's radar or not, but like I would have been pretty butt hurt if I was him with the absolute historic night that Joe Burrow put up like five touchdowns or if it was a four or five touchdowns with over 500 yards and Jamar Chase doesn't even get one of those touchdowns. <laughs> like uh, in all things considered, yeah, he still went like seven for 125, but like with the kind of night that that Bengals offense put up, I, I, I would have been pretty disappointed with Chase's output from that then. I know it's uh, you, you would imagine that at least one would go to him, but uh, hell I'm happy it didn't. Yeah, well, no, that's uh, definitely, uh, you know, it, it, you, your team completely uh, showed up, but uh, you also got a little bit of luck on your side, which is fantasy football in all levels, right? Braxton Barrios, baby, return touchdowns. 
There you go. All right. So, you know, Taras has been quietly sitting here listening to you banter about how good you did. So let's give him the floor here. Taras, absolute big monster numbers again from you, 141. Uh, uh, Tell us about your week. At any point were you kind of, you know, hesitant or worried there? Because Tony himself put up huge numbers as well, 128 from his side. Yeah, I just want to mention that it's kind of refreshing seeing Kite not butthurt. And uh, crying on the pod like he usually does. <laughs> Sorry that Paul had to pay the expense for that, but Paul is the new owner of the butthurt meter. I think uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna have to rename it after him, or we'll we'll uh, we'll sponsor the butthurt meter based on the car wash that he went to during the quarterfinals. I think that sounds good. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see how he th- what, what he thinks about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, from a matchup. Uh, yeah, it ended up being a lot closer than I thought it would be, um, given AJ Brown's performance and some of the early games that I had. I think Chubb and Murray played on the Saturday. I felt pretty comfortable. I think I was at like a seventy-five point from three guys, which is, uh, I mean, that's a pretty safe spot to be in. Um, but all, all his guys came out and played. Like uh, no one really underperformed like crazy, except the two that we thought we're going to be the critical ones, and that's uh, the Philadelphia players. Goddard and Sanders kind of shit the bed. Um, I didn't see the game, but it looked like Sanders got hurt. So I, I feel like if if that game went better for... I mean, it went well for Philly. It's just those two players didn't contribute. Uh, it would have been even a lot closer. And then even Dak himself had... I think he put up like 30 points in that first half, which was slightly concerning on my end, because even after the first half, they still had no intention of benching him. It looked like, um, so it it did it did seem a lot closer than I thought it was going to be, at least towards the end of the week. But uh, I'm just glad all my guys played played well. Everyone performed. No one really uh, underperformed, other than Seahawks defense didn't didn't show up. Yeah, on on Tony's side of the ball, it it was a little interesting. Like. When Metcalf caught that that touchdown from Wilson in the beginning of the game, we were like, oh, "Okay, here we go. This the, nah, he's gonna show up today," and then absolutely nothing the rest of the game. So I I think that's that's pretty disappointing to how that game started. Um, Goddard has been a hit or miss. It's risky putting both Sanders and Goddard in there, but you know if Goddard actually had a blow up game, that I think things would look a little bit differently. Um, a little bit off off the topic, but we we just finished talking about Jamar Chase, and and T Higgins here for his team absolutely went off thirty seven points, one hundred ninety four yards, two touchdowns. Called it. An an interesting thing with Higgins and Chase is Chase in the first half of the season was like the number one. Burrow was looking his way. The touchdowns were flowing, and it kind of seems in the second half of the season now it's kind of Higgins who's kind of ran with that. It's gonna. What do you guys think? The, the based off like the first half and second half performance on both these guys, where they're gonna end up being drafted next year? You think we're gonna see almost like a a back to back type of type of draft, like kind of like a, a Cooper Cup, Robert Woods style, or or do you think there's still a big separation between Chase and Higgins? I think I think it's gonna be a Evans Godwin type of situation where they're pretty close to one another. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, part of me wonders if like. I get, because T. Higgins has finished the year strong, I feel like it's like the recency bias of that is going to push him up drafts. 
yep. you know, and I don't know if how how much uh, Joe Burrow gunslinger is going to continue. These like they've been playing some pretty bad pass defenses recently. Like the the Chargers kind of eat shit. Like the San Francisco 49ers, their secondary is kind of dead right now. Baltimore like was missing. 60% of their defense to COVID. So, like, I feel like the Bengals have certainly benefited from that uh, recently. But I, I think Higgins, uh, I mean, I'm hoping that he's going to be forgotten, honestly, because I think Higgins is great value. I would have loved to have drafted him this year, but didn't get the chance to. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think Higgins is not going to be slept on nearly as much uh, coming next up uh, in the draft. Yeah. Do you think they are both going to be... Um drafted let's say fourth third to fifth round or even maybe slightly higher than that well well chase is going to be kept so in our draft i don't think that matters overly but it wouldn't shock me to see chase as like a third round pick next year just kind of randomly projecting and higgins yeah i mean i think i think the godwin evans comparison is an apt one i could see because it seems like when one of those guys eats, the other one tends not to, and it kind of becomes a bit of a mishmash there. Uh, so yeah, I could definitely see Higgins uh, sneaking into the fifth round, maybe even the fourth round for sure. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see uh, how that kind of plays out next uh, next year. Um, all right, guys, nice. So before we get into the anticipated matchup of next week, where the whole entire league will be looking at, uh, we just have to do a shout out to the consolation bracket as well. You know, I, I was really, really aiming to get my back-to-back trophies uh, this year, even though one was, you know, a nice couch trophy, and then the other one's a toilet bowl. But uh, Nick Nicholas had to steal that away from me on this week's matchup. It was a barn burner. It wasn't a great score. Uh, it was 89 to 68 for myself. Uh, and, and it was really off the back of Joe Burrow's performance. Like, you know, having Joe Burrow for pretty much the second half of the season, I think he's only given me more than 20 points once, but he absolutely destroyed it this week, uh, really giving it to my Ravens. Uh, it was kind of a bittersweet watch when I was watching it. Like, I, I was rooting for Burrow to give me those touchdowns, but I was crying in the inside because the Ravens was just dismantled and, and humiliated um so sorry nick you know i think you're a first time owner of the butthurt bowl uh you're getting it off the back of a poor performance from your team but it kind of will sum up your whole season uh you know wear it wear it proudly and and hopefully you know it will be someone else taking it next year from you yeah and i just want to give i want to say big ups to nick because uh you know, I, I, I guess uh, David Montgomery wouldn't have helped him too much in his matchup this week. Uh, but I sure am glad that he has made that trade with me. Even even with Hopkins gone, uh, you know, that was a big sacrifice he made. And I, I hope, you know, it looks like Bateman is starting to kind of step into that uh, wide receiver two role out there. And he even caught a, his first touchdown last week. So I hope uh, I hope he treats my boy Rashad well and uh, he serves him well next year. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see who his keepers will be. Um, let's see if Bateman will be one of them. And and I think he said Kittle would be his other, um, which I think that would be a second round pick for him. And now that we know the positions that he he's a fourth round, he's picking fourth overall. So that would be a, a back end second round pick if he ends up keeping Kittle as his keeper. So that, that would be interesting. It would be hilarious if he doesn't keep Bateman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Flat out joke. 
Especially yeah. if I win next week. I think it would really be <laughs> Off the back of Montgomery um, getting three touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground. <laughs> how, much of, how much of the prize pool are you uh, funneling there, Kite? Not or is that, can, you, can you not talk about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I, I was kind of going through Sleeper here, and unfortunately it hasn't been updated yet for I don't know what reason, as it's Tuesday as we're doing this live. Um, but it doesn't actually have your matchup next week posted up yet. Um, so we'll go one by one here. Let's start with you, Taras, with... Uh, what you think your matchup is going to be like? What what you what you need to happen? Um, is there any player specific matchups you're worried about with the teams they're playing? Uh, and I, I'm going to ask the both of you because it's both relevant. Like you you both had monster performances this week, and uh, are you guys worried uh, in any sense that because of you had a monster week, you'll have a little bit of a a downfall uh, going into the championship week? Yeah, I mean, just I'm just looking at it right now as well. None of my matchups seem frightening in terms of some crazy defenses that my guys are playing. Um, similar to most weeks, my critical matchup is Pittsburgh. But this week, it gets even worse because it's Pittsburgh and Cleveland, or Pittsburgh playing Cleveland. So I have, I have Chubb, Johnson, and, uh, and Harris in that one. So I just thought I got to hope there's a lot of offense in that game. And if that's the case... Uh, should should be a good sign for my team. Um, other than that, I mean, just Patriots defense, as long as they shut down Jacksonville, um, I, I think my defense has been struggling in the past few weeks. That that should should be a good line or a, a good baseline in terms of uh, minimum points that I'm going to get and then just hope that it outscores Kite and his guys don't go off again like last week. <laughs> No worries about uh, Kyler Murray facing Dallas? No, I don't think so. I think he's going to be all right. My, my bigger worry is uh, all of the Titans receivers, except A.J. Brown, somehow miraculously got COVID. So I, I have a feeling towards the end of the week, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, A.J. Brown actually has COVID. And he's shut down. But uh, wh- why do you say Kyler against Dallas? You think that they're that good of a D? Yeah, Dallas has just been fucking. They've been their defense has been tearing it up recently, and it just seems like that. That's def like Kyler's already been struggling, and I think that's probably the toughest defense that they may have played. Like you know, they 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 struggled to a certain extent against Indy last week, and they already have a banged up defense. And then you know they had the Rams, and and it, they couldn't even. Uh, which granted, strong defense, but then Detroit they kind of shot the bed against and. You know, he just got away with some runs against Chicago, which I don't think he'll be able to get away with Micah Parsons fucking running around out there. I, I got some concerns about Kyler, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, look at, look at to, to the point of Dallas defense. They played Washington twice, Giants, New Orleans. Like, those are, like, their, their last five blowups have been against backup quarterbacks or third-string quarterbacks and awful offenses um I, I i mean if arizona wants to do well they they need to show up at least before the playoffs so I, i'm not i'm not as worried as i think you you think i should be um it, it can also just be an absolute like slugfest offensively too like it, like they're too 
They're two offensively powerhouse teams that just can go at it, as good as the Dallas defense has been. Um, obviously, yeah. they haven't performed that well without Hopkins, but let's be real, Hopkins hasn't really been there most of the season anyways. So uh, it's going to be interesting, definitely, for sure. I, I'm kind of with the on Taras there. I wouldn't be as worried about Murray because, you know, Murray's Murray for a reason. If he can't, uh, he uses his legs just as much as, as he throws. So I, I think he'll have a, a decent floor in this game. Yeah, and I'm a I'm hoping for like twenty. I I don't need a blow up. I I think if Murray gets me in the twenty, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm more so banking on my other players to to get me the the big games, which we'll see if it happens or not. Ross, are you are you any any bit concerned about Harris this week? They uh, Pittsburgh got absolutely humiliated this week, almost in the brink of of no contention. Uh, for the playoffs they also in the last i believe three games hasn't even has got zero points in the first half are you worried that if there's another blowout this week like that they might just end up benching harris in the second half if they know that that their their playoff run is is done i think uh cleveland pittsburgh game there's a bit too much pride involved in that for that to happen like even if it's a blowout, i think they're gonna they're still gonna be trying to go for it um, and they're not technically out of it, right? Like they're they're still in contention. Um, I, I as with every Pittsburgh game this year, there is that concern just because they look like dog shit. But I, I think th- th- this is one of those games that they want to show up. It's a big rivalry. Um, it was a pretty big game last time they played, so I'm, I'm not I'm not overly concerned. I like it. I like I like the absolute confidence you have in all your players, which rightfully you should, especially uh, you know going going into the finals. Uh, let, let's take it over to you, Kai. Uh, uh, same questions uh, uh, that I gave Taras uh, go to you as well, um, with specific matchups to your players. Do you have any concerns or just uh, just the absolute massive pouring you had this week? If there's any concern of downfall for next week, uh, uh, anything uh, concerning you? Yeah, I, I guess when you when you come off of a 148 point week, there's always concern about like you know regression and and guys not getting touchdowns and stuff like that. Uh, and I know Paul really does think I was trying to reverse jinx him like all week last week, but I really did have I I you know I would never have bet on myself putting up that many points. I didn't think I again I was genuine when I said my confidence level was between a one and a two. Um, I feel a lot more confident this week. I feel not just because of the performances of players, but I'm I am looking at some of these matchups that my guys have coming up, and I am I am salivating over them a little bit. Uh, you know, the the Atlanta defense has been fucking miserable uh, recently, and I've got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs going up against them. Well, they've still got uh, you know the conference and still potentially the division on the line, so they got a lot to play for. Damian Harris is up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, that's a game that New England is almost definitely going to be ahead in, which means a lot of work for Damian Harris, which I'm super stoked on. Uh, Montgomery can go ahead and just destroy the Giants because they've been a fucking gong show. And they're like even I mean, granted, it's two gong shows going up against each other. But I could still say that Chicago is probably the better of the two gong shows. And, uh, 
You know, honestly, my biggest concern is Alvin Kamara because, I mean, if if that entire team still has COVID and they don't have a quarterback back there, I'm going to have a really hard time starting him over Sony Michelle, uh, knowing that he's probably got the backfield tomorrow, uh, next week against Baltimore, who again had a huge game from Joe Mixon just happen. So, uh, that, like, that's honestly the agonizing decision for me right now. You know, I, I don't ever want to consider, you know, sitting Kamara, but at the same time, like, if that entire offense is still just completely done. You know, I I don't know if I want to start him against Carolina, who he, you know, shot the bet against back in week two or week three or something like that. So that that to me is the biggest question mark coming into this. Like how how healthy and how covid free are the Saints going to be to make sure that Kamara can at least uh, meet his expectation at the very, you know, maybe at best, depending on how it all goes. Yeah, that that Saints offense or just team in general is is interesting right now like like watching them play uh this week you know like uh, you can see it Camaro was just absolutely frustrated the, the whole game we uh, I forgot who it was that kind of trolled him and, and took his towel as they were going to the sidelines and then he kind of came back and, and shoved him from behind and got the and got that uh the, the foul uh, penalty yeah penalty. and you can see the frustration just all over all over his face like it, it just body language he's he's not in a like a happy place the whole team is and and it affects the player right and their performance like it, it might make somebody play angry and, and mad but it definitely is affecting just the way he plays in general and the way he runs and, and i think it's it, it, it's t- a tough call you're right because sony michelle has is probably one of the most surprising running backs this year. Like he didn't look good in in New England before he left. He looks sluggish. He he. We were worried about his knees, and then he comes to the Rams and he looks good. Uh, I don't know if it's just a change of environment, different team, but if Sony Michelle ends up kind of like keeping the lead role and, and leads them in to strong performances in the playoffs, I think we're gonna have an interesting. Uh, situation going to next season with Cam Akers coming from injury, Sony Michelle there. Like, I think it's going to be an interesting battle for top dog in 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 the Rams off uh, running back next year if Sony Michelle continues this strong performance into the playoffs. Did I read yeah. somewhere they activated Akers? They have, but and that's kind of what's worrying me is that the fact that Cam Akers seems to be back on the active roster now, but like. I I I don't understand a world in which the Rams have have just made it to the top of their division, have had Sony Michelle come up huge the past few games, and are sitting there thinking, you know what we need to do? We need to rush back our running back from ACL rehab to make sure that he can play in this game against Baltimore. Who, you know, frankly, that's a game that the Rams should probably be winning. Uh, I I just don't understand any of the logic behind that. If, if I was if I'm not mis- okay. yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think even if they wanted him to practice with the first team, he had to be activated. So it might just be a sense of getting him running with the team in practice right now, uh, so he's not like completely rusty going into training camp next year. I I thought yeah, the would... twenty one day window he can start practicing with the first team. Like they didn't have to activate him right away. Yeah, like but, uh, he is—he's on the active roster now. I'm—I'm I'm fairly confident of that. Yeah. Uh, so like he could hypothetically play uh, next week. I just don't understand any logic behind that. That just seems silly to me. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, 
but he 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 might not even be ready to to play. It could also but they, just but be they probably a, want to give him some snaps in a game before playoffs if they plan on using him. It could be that. It could be keeping the other running backs on their toes, too. Yeah, and at the same time, like, again, I'm still just like, why? Like, maybe it's just they're they're worried about, you know, I mean, I know Henderson is out now for the rest of the season, it seems like, or at least the rest of the regular season, and maybe they just want, like, some COVID insurance in case uh, Michelle gets COVID, but, like, I just I just don't understand the calculus unless like Cam Akers is just a freaking physical freak of nature uh, and can recover that quickly. But like it just it wouldn't make any sense to me to send him out in that Baltimore game. I just love that it makes you paranoid. It's awesome. <laughs> I know that's that's the only thing I've got going on. And you know what? If uh, if the Saints offense gets healthy and everyone comes off the COVID list and they have at least Taysom Hill back there, even at least Trevor Semyon back there, if they have one of those two guys back there, I'm not really going to think about sitting Kamara. Like he'll he'll be out there for me. But uh, if they, if they're not back, then that's where the headache starts. Maybe I just start Tony Pollard instead. <laughs> Also, just a side note, if Akers ends up playing a snap, Chris is actually going to be able to draft him next year. I was thinking that, too. That's, uh, that's, that's a that's nice pickup on his end. Right there. This is an interesting fact, too. I think, based off how you guys said uh, he, they just might want to give him a snap or two, it might not be particularly this week, but let's say if they win and they kind of secure you know, the first pick or, or whatever it is, going to the last game this new uh, week 18, they might want to give him a snap at the end of the game or if it's meaningless time. But because our season is done, if it's a week 18 snap, he's still active. He's considered active, right? That's a good question. I don't know if that if our, our league stipulations are based on fantasy season or, or like real season. That's a, so that's the, a fair question. The, the fact that it d- didn't define it should mean that it should be valid. If he plays week 18, plays a snap in the season, that's playing in the season. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, now, I think no, the rules should have said it's fantasy season. Is the rule season. that if he, if, he had, like, if he takes a snap, or like, does he, can he just be on the field, or does he have to actually get a carry? I think I, it has I, to, oh, that's a good question. Too. I think he just said play. So what is your definition of play? I don't think being on the active roster, I, no. that doesn't sound right to me. No, no, no. It, it's... It's playing a snap. Playing a snap is playing in the game, right? What if you had zero carries, zero catches, and only played three snaps? That's considered active in, in, in the game, I guess. Yeah, in my mind, that's actively playing in the game. Okay, I, I think just to clarify, this needs to be brought to to our our group convo or chat just to just for it to be completely clarified. Yeah, we'll we'll wait for Kamish to uh to listen to the pod and then he can he can rule on it. Yeah, nice. All right, guys, before uh, before we wrap it up and, and we do any last parting shots or, or last takes, uh, I, I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Steven to winning the other match and actually getting the first overall pick, uh, which is new to us this year. Uh, so congrats on getting JT next season. Uh, you, you got that. Um, and based off the first time that we're doing this, uh, reverse order or this consolation bracket uh, in traditional league standards i would have got the butthurt bowl um in any other year but this year we've seen that the consolation bracket actually panned out um to make it challenging so again sorry nick better luck next year um anybody else uh 
before you talk about uh, your parting shots to each other, is there anyone else in the league you want to part shots out, uh, part shots out to? I just want to say, Danny, you let me down. It was very, very sad to see you lose <laughs> last week. I mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> he was so confident. Oh man, I I I gotta say, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I know I don't, I didn't enjoy you losing money, but uh, you know, Danny, Danny isn't quite in the Andre tier for me. But I do still get a big kick out of uh, watching Danny's team fail, so I'm a I'm a big fan. Is Danny Danny hasn't won a ch- a chip yet in this league, right? I feel like I he would be letting so. us know sure. way more often if he did. Uh, so I don't think so. Uh, we should look it up. Is he one of the most longest standing league members without a chip yet? He might have like uh like a streak of not winning, like the longest like streak well, of not winning. Kite's number one, so you can add yeah, him to so that list like, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I'm on that list, and maybe Kimbert's on that list too. I don't think Kimbert's ever won a title, has he? Uh, um, I don't. Uh, I don't that know. Doesn't ring a bell. I don't think so. And I feel like I memory hold myself into believing that I won a title back when we were on ESPN. Uh, it probably didn't happen, but I have somehow a vague memory of it happening. Uh, so it's kind of like it's kind of like you know like the Stanley Cups that like the Leafs won back in like the 1920s. You know they they don't really feel relevant or mean anything, but I feel like it happened. It's so long ago you can just make it up. Yeah, this is exactly. why we need to engrave the championships each year so we can easily reference to it. And that is why I vow. I vow that if I win the championship this week, I will make all the engravings happen on that title. So uh, everyone should throw their their support and their weight behind me uh, for going into well, this week's matchup. Uh, spoiler alert: I did talk to our commish Danny, and he's gonna he's gonna up our entry fee next year to uh, for all of us, so then we can actually pay for the engravements on the trophy. So I had it booked, and COVID hit. And literally all the shops shut down. And then Mikey won, and I said, fuck it, Mikey will do it. <laughs> but I, I, I literally reached out to like hobby shops, found a place that can do it, was scheduled to bring it in, and everything just shut down for the longest time. Just another thing COVID ruined. Yeah. Oh, it, it will happen, though. And uh, it, it would be interesting if we did it on the Butthurt Bowl, too. Uh, even though my name would be on it, I think it would be interesting. <laughs> if I win the championship, I vow as champion to get the engravings on the butthurt bowl. Yeah, it's pulling out all the stops. <laughs> so, so this is it, guys. We have the battle. We have Kite. Out of all the sourness and the bitterness and the butthurtness throughout the years, like you are in prime contention to win this trophy for the first time in history for your league and your in your team and then trust i've been in the final so many times before but you failed you failed (laughs) and and to us you can hold your head up high if you if you knock out kite here and you can say you've been a champion two out of the last three years so you guys have any parting shots against each other uh, before uh this this matchup next week I mean, mine's not a parting shot. It's more of a warning that if I end up losing, uh, the entire league is going to hate their life for the next year because Kite will never shut the fuck up again. But 
So you're not wrong. Yeah, that's uh, that's 100% <laughs> correct. So uh, you, I mean, you I know can what? Choose wisely. I don't know if that's the case this year. As Kite is usually the villain in our league, I, I think, Taras, you made a couple of enemies with the trade you made with me, so I, I think it might be even. Oh, I, I couldn't care less about enemies. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying you, you guys will not enjoy the the podcast host talking about how great he is all the time. It was bad enough when he still lost every every year, but God imagine how bad it's going to be when he actually wins one. See, this is yeah. the thing that I think we don't realize is that I think Taras, I think your sensibility about playing in this league falls closer to mine uh, than than most people would think. Like, I think we both just don't give a shit about what other people think of our teams. And uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I've I've been humble this year because, frankly, I thought there were a lot of question marks with my team, and it didn't really feel like the stars were ever aligning. Um, but uh, I'm I'm feeling good this week. I'm I am so I, my confidence level. I'm gonna say is at a seven point five. Like I think I'm. I think this is the year. I think I'm taking it home. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna. Oh god, it's gonna be. It's gonna be so good if I win. I'm. I'm very excited. Nice. It's a matchup. Definitely. Uh, the whole league will have eyes on this upcoming the, week. And now I mean, they don't. They don't have a choice. To, uh, Smash cut to the Buffalo Bills having a massive COVID outbreak and uh, losing both those guys. That's that's just my luck now. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like every week, you, it feels good until the the day before, and there's just mad scrambles. But yeah, no, it, it should be a good one. I'm excited for it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully COVID doesn't play too much of a factor into this in this week, so we can have a a true championship match off against each other. Like full, full hundred percent rostered, you know. I do, I do want to speak a little bit more on uh, Paul just to talk some shit, uh, just because I, I, I mean, I love Paul. I love how Paul's intensity this year in the league has been really refreshing to me because he just he just posts more in the group chat. But like, I feel the same way about a lot of things. But I just tend to like have my robust inner dialogue do that. But like again. I I I know it's it's mean, but like God, it felt really good to keep Paul from winning this year. It felt really good that the person who I still take credit for, uh, for the most part, for their ascension, it was like it, it was like the student trying to take on the master, and then the master just slapping it down. Uh, and it felt uh, it felt really good. Uh, I was I was really. You know, not to the point where like this was my Super Bowl. This wasn't my championship. You know, I've got a. I think Taras, you've beaten me in the final at least once before. Uh, so I've I've got my chip on my shoulder there, ready to come back and take it. Like I'm, uh, it felt really good to uh to to knock Paul off and and keep him from uh gloating uh over the league. I think I think we underrate how much we would dislike that. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul. Uh... Uh, Paul's been in the league now for for a good while, and I think he's had, for the most part, uh, rough years, uh, either not making the playoffs or just barely making it. And it could either be a mix of poor management or just bad luck. Um, but you know what? Uh, kudos to him. He, I think, a part of him being more active, like you said, is is how well his team's done, and it might have encouraged him to be more active in the chat and and overall in the league. Uh, but he did definitely a a good job and deserves. Uh, how far he went this year with his team. 
Definitely not the second worst drafted team. I'll say that. <laughs> I, I, I stand by that. I stand by the second worst drafted team. I'm one of my projects uh, after the I mean, season. Clearly, you were done. wrong. <laughs> no, I disagree. I don't think I was. I, cause I, you I think, think Chase was... and Robinson brought him to whatever, 10 and 4 record? I think it certainly added a couple wins on there, if not multiple, like three or four. Uh, yeah, I, I still think second worst is a bit harsh, even given how everything going. Well, what, one of my projects is going to be to go back and like figure out, uh, you know, the draft position of every player, and then uh, compare that to where they finished the league as in terms of their position, and then kind of publish. I I, try, I did like an early season version of that uh, when I when I am you know once once things are back in the swing of things and we've had a, a little time to reflect on the league that's that's going to be a project i'm going to put together and i'm, I'm going to see if i was vindicated in that or not i'm 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 curious yeah i think it'll be interesting to see like the bottom guys like myself and, and nicholas uh where we would have stood if our, our players were healthy or or you know all the extra stuff that that happened because i think if i'm not mistaken both our teams were up there in your in your draft podcast uh yeah, I, you and I I had tied for first, and then uh, Nick was definitely in the top half for sure. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how you you go from the draft to what the hell happened. <laughs> in some vindication though, I think I had Taras as like the set like the 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 team right below. No, I think I had Taras. I think you were the uh, team right below us, or then it was it was Chris I, and the I think, two of us. I think I was around four or five. Yeah, four sounds right. I, I think I was in agreement. I thought yeah, that was about right. I, I think my my draft ratings for the most part held up pretty well, except for yours, Mikey. Yours was the the real swing and miss. Uh, definitely, yeah, with pretty much all my players. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's one last person to dunk on. Let's let's dunk on Mikey a little bit here for your shit year. Taras, you wanna you wanna lay into Mikey a little bit? No, go ahead. You clearly have some thoughts there. <laughs> oh, I, I do definitely. No, I just uh, I I remember you being really butthurt in the chat about not getting any reasonable offers for Dalvin Cook at all throughout the year. And there were multiple times in the first half of the year where I was offering you Kamara Plus for Dalvin Cook. Uh, so I, I think that bullshit is nonsense that you weren't able to get anything valuable for Cook. You just uh, you just dug your heels in and didn't want to, you know, make a trade. So I, I have no uh, sympathy for you as you head you, into You know what, Clay? In one way, yes, I agree. Uh, the trade... The trade offers that we were going back and forth for Cook was the best I had compared to other managers in the league. Uh, but at the point like we were trading was still so early in the league, I, I wasn't anticipating Cook to be injured as frequently as he was. If that was kind of the hindsight, then yeah, it, I think it would have been more of a, a better trade or a fair trade. Um, yeah, that, just, just to add on to that, that's an unfair argument. Like hindsight... Obviously, the trade looks bad. Like, I could have traded Kittle for, like, Andrews and someone else that's, that was startable at the start of the year. Obviously, I didn't do that. And then I ended up paying a lot more for him. But when you look back at, at it in hindsight, it's a little unfair. No, I would say, but I would say even without hindsight, like, the offers that I was making were not unreasonable offers. Like, they were, I would say, borderline equal offers. I mean, both guys were first-round picks, and I was giving up more uh, in that trade. So I, I, even without hindsight, I would argue I was sending very fair trades over. And uh, Mikey has uh, no reason for sour grapes. 
No, yeah, yeah the, the trade offers you gave me were were the, probably the most reasonable out of out of anybody. But I, I was getting uh, like for Cook, I, I was getting guys that were like pretty much RP two values or or even less, and and more just like um, volume of players as opposed to actual like up like par like rb1 value top tier stuff yeah yeah top tier stuff and it was the same with guys like robert woods too before he kind of balanced himself out so that's just kind of what happened with with my season was injuries or absolute dog shit like performances like nobody like nobody in the beginning of the season would have thought tannen hill would have shot the bet as much as he has or claypool himself like nobody would have thought that or even mclaurin for this for this instance but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was definitely uh, probably one of the worst seasons I've had since the beginning of of joining this league. Yeah, I think a lot of folks feel that way uh, after this year. Yeah, about my team or about their own well, team? Well, that's, I mean, some folks have their worst <laughs> years. Like, I mean, Nick obviously had his worst year. Danny had a pretty bad year. Uh, Andre probably is disappointed with his year. I think I think there's a lot of folks that are probably leaving this year disappointed. Yeah, I mean that's I, fantasy. I, I, it's just yeah. disappointment. All I around. think Andre uh, is not as disappointed as the year he won the Butthurt Bowl, which was I think two years ago. Yeah, especially since he made the playoffs uh, after cowardly selling away his best players. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. Uh... How Cooper Cup performs next year? He, I, I, I personally believe he will not perform the same way. He's gonna have such a high expectation and target on his back. He is not gonna have the same numbers. Yeah, that would be my guess. It just seems like regression is uh, due to happen. But you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be a good bet. We'll see. You guys think he has two thousand? How he's probably he's not how how many does he still need now? I I don't know what he's I think, at. I think he's like two hundred fifty yards away. Like with two games left, fuck yeah! I mean, they're gonna just like they're gonna feed the shit out of him to to make it, it just happen. again. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I can see. That it's much. it's impressive. I was looking at his stat line the other day, and it's crazy how good of a season he had. Oh, I'm I'm curious to see Matt Stafford's because it's not like I mean, Robert Woods was having a pretty decent season before he went down to injury. And I mean, then... I feel like you can essentially look at uh, Cooper Cup's. Uh, stats and see essentially Matthew Stafford's stats. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take as much for it to be explosive when you're a receiver, but that's probably probably correlated pretty well between the two of them. So Matthew Stafford has 4,339 passing yards. That literally means what, 30% of that is, is, is Cooper Cups? More. I mean, Cooper's <laughs> almost at... Uh... 2000, 2000. Is that. so he's probably at like 40 percent even 40 yeah 40 45 and how many touchdowns does uh cooper cup have They're like 18 Ooh. or 19 or something so like half of stafford's touchdowns essentially yeah stafford has 36 so yeah that that's that's a huge percentage share by far probably the most in the league yeah fuck andre crazy <laughs> we'll see how it pans out yeah, I'm curious to see how the keepers end up working working out next year. Yeah, we'll have what to. Be uh, also, uh, what will be also interesting is uh, as as myself and I know Kite is and some other people in our league, we we do like to do uh, in the off season or closer towards uh, the preseason the mock drafts. Um, now that we do it in the sleeper app, we can't do live ones; it has to be with bots. 
it's going to be interesting if the app allows us to do mock drafts with our keepers intact already in the specific rounds in our specific draft places. It's a Danny question, I think. I have no idea. Because then if that's not the case and we can't, then doing mock drafts like become completely irrelevant in our league, at least with the sleeper app. Yeah, I was curious about that too. But yeah, we'll see what sleeper's functionality can do for us, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be good to have a end of the year podcast with uh, maybe reflections of how we feel about the sleeper app and and our league. And obviously, we know we we need to talk about uh, our keeper rules and and that in the future. We'll schedule but, the state uh, of the league uh, podcast for yeah, well, you know, sometime in a couple months. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, we'll wrap it up here. You know, it's uh, it was always good to talk to you guys and. Uh, excited to see uh, what the spring uh, week brings uh, for the both of you. I think it will be definitely a clash of the titans. Um, so we'll have it for then. I wish I wish you guys both luck uh, in this week's upcoming match. And the best I can say is I wish that both your teams stay healthy enough that we can see a full, full, full starting roster on each side. Uh, so with that, good luck, and uh, we'll see you guys next year or next next week take it